Hello, and welcome to the Christian Life Issues for Today podcast ministry. For the last couple of podcasts, we've been focusing on a very common problem. Today it's called burnout. Previously, it would have been called weariness or discouragement. Thus far, we've been describing the problem, why we have that problem. But today we turn the corner and we're going to be talking about good news about burnout. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul raises the issue of losing heart or what we've been calling spiritual burnout. As we've looked at the context of this and other passages in Scripture, we've been confronted with the fact that spiritual burnout is a serious problem that brings with it many unfortunate consequences. Thankfully, however, Paul and the rest of the Bible writers don't merely describe the problem from a negative point of view. The Bible is replete with good news about preventing and overcoming spiritual burnout. The bad news is that we can experience spiritual burnout. The good news is that it can be both prevented and overcome. Paul highlights the good news about this problem when he says we do not lose heart, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 and also verse 16. In other words, Paul was reminding his readers that uh, they can overcome the problem of spiritual burnout. They don't have to lose heart. Losing heart is a possibility, but it's one that can be avoided as well. And so we're going to be noting what the Bible has to say about overcoming the problem or preventing the problem of burnout. Paul would want us to understand that if he didn't lose heart, it is something that he avoided, and we can avoid spiritual burnout as well. And my friends, that's good news. But there's more. The good news gets even better. The good news of the Bible not only includes the positive statement that spiritual burnout can be avoided, it includes information about how we can both avoid and overcome the downer experience of burnout. Thus far, we've seen that it's a very common and very serious problem. Now we want to carefully examine what Paul and other Bible writers have to say about how to actually prevent and overcome spiritual burnout. Now there are four important preliminary considerations that we must think about. However, before we actually explore the good news about how to avoid and overcome spiritual burnout, we need to be reminded of several things. First, Note that the man who spoke about not losing heart was not a new Christian. 
When Paul wrote 2 Corinthians, he had been a Christian for at least 20 years. He had already completed two extensive missionary journeys, ministering to churches all over the region there in the Middle East around uh, Israel. His third and final missionary journey included many of the places that he had been to previously on his lengthy second trip. Second Corinthians was written in Macedonia on his third missionary trip. Often new Christians are rightly excited about their new life in Christ. They find it easy to rejoice in all things. They're hungry for teaching. They eagerly accept new truths. And they're quick to tell others what they've heard. It is usually older Christians, people who have been believers for a period of time, who experience burnout as the trials and difficulties of life sap their spiritual excitement and zeal for the Lord. It's significant then that despite his many years in the faith, serving Christ, knowing Christ, and despite his innumerable trials and difficulties, Paul was still excited about the things of God and able to say, we do not lose heart. The next thing we need to notice is that the statement, we do not lose heart, was very significant in light of the fact that Paul had experienced a considerable amount of persecution during the time of his ministry. Four times in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes about the difficulties he faced in his ministry. He first mentions them in chapter 1, where he says, We do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. That's in chapter 1 and verse 8. In chapter 4, he refers to the extensive afflictions, mistreatment, the stalking, the rejections, the continual danger and threats that he experienced. He mentions them in chapter 4, verses 7 through 17. Then moving on to chapter 6, he goes on to describe other difficulties or hardships or calamities. He even talks about beatings or imprisonments or riots or labors or sleepless nights. And in that same chapter, he goes on to tell us that he had been dishonored, slandered, treated as an imposter, and punished. And finally, in chapter 11, Paul lists some information, he does it rather extensively, 
about his various trials, imprisonments, beatings, stonings, lashings, shipwrecks, robberies, and on and on. While it's relatively easy for a believer who has never experienced difficulties not to lose heart because his faith has never been challenged, it's quite another matter for someone whose entire Christian life has been one of persecution and trial to say we do not lose heart. Well, such was the life of the Apostle Paul. And he was able to say, 20 years into his Christian life, we do not lose heart. Now, also, it's important to remember at this time that Paul was not a superhuman. He was not someone who was devoid of feeling. He felt things deeply. On the contrary, this man experienced great physical weakness at times and was very sensitive emotionally. Now, I've known a few people who have an unusually steady emotional keel. They never seem to be down about anything. Nothing seems to cool their enthusiasm. In fact, I've known individuals who find it difficult to understand why everyone or anyone would ever be tempted to be down heart or to lose heart or to experience burnout. Well, what we think of Paul as one of those individuals is if we think of Paul in that way, it's wrong. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, through chapter 2 and verse 4, that uh, to spare the uh, Corinthians, he did not come again to them. In other words, to uh, spare them and then also to spare himself because he was so concerned about what he might find if he went there. And in that chapter, Paul tells us about some of the afflictions and anguish of heart that he experienced. And they wrote to them, and as he did that, he said he was weeping. He had many tears. Not so that it would make him powerful, but that it would make him sorrowful. And he said, I want you to know the love which I have especially for you. And he was burdened for the Corinthians. Paul was so overcome with sorrow for these believers as he thought about them and heard about the problems they were having that he decided not to visit them so as not to burden them with his anguish. Paul had good reasons to be anguished by the Corinthians because they had criticized him 
They had called him untrustworthy. They said he was fickle and weak. He was ugly and that he was also a poor speaker. Not only were they criticizing him, but they were sinning as well. In other words, their lives weren't that great either. And Paul knew that he had to deal with their sin if he came to visit them. And then another thing that caused him sorrow as he thought about the Corinthians was he said, I determined not to come for my own sake, that I would not come. And the reason I'm not coming is that I don't want to sorrow again. So he was a man who experienced great emotional turmoil. And yet he also is a man who said, we do not lose heart. Paul was a man of deep feeling, yet he could say, we do not lose heart. And then as we consider the exhortation to not lose heart, we must keep in mind what Paul did and didn't say in some verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He didn't merely say, I do not lose heart. He said, we do not lose heart. Paul wants us to know that he was not the only one who didn't lose heart. The we included at least Timothy, as 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1 indicates. The fact that Timothy didn't lose heart is extremely significant in that 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 10 and 11, and several statements in the 1st and 2nd Timothy, written to Timothy, about Timothy as well, Paul sent a letter to Timothy, and it seems to indicate that Timothy was a rather timid, sensitive person who by natural disposition should be susceptible to burnout. Beyond that, the we in 2 Corinthians probably also included others such as Dr. Luke and the rest of Paul's missionary team who usually traveled with Paul. In Acts, the 20th chapter and verse 4, we have the record that Paul had several companions who went with him on his missionary journey. One was Sopater, another was Aristarchus, another was Secundus and Gaius, Timothy, Tychicus, Trophimus, and Luke. So all these men were with Paul when he wrote 2 Corinthians and said, we do not lose heart. All of them, to some extent, experienced many of the things that Paul had experienced. So the statement, we do not lose heart, is tremendously significant. They had experienced weaknesses, 
lack of strength. But in spite of the hardships they had experienced, they had not suffered spiritual burnout. Now, these facts are important to keep in mind when considering Paul's statement about losing heart. We're being entrusted and encouraged by a man who was experiencing real trials in the faith along with some of his companions. Paul knew difficulty. His personality was very deeply emotional. And he was accompanied by at least eight other believers who shared his zeal for the Lord. What was Paul's secret? And what was the secret of these other men that they did not lose heart? How were he and his companions able to not lose heart under such circumstances and pressures? The answer begins to unfold for us in Paul's words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, where he said, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, our inner man is being renewed day by day. Paul revealed that the secret to not losing heart was that he and his companions were experiencing constant spiritual renewal. They were experiencing renewal in the inner man, and they experienced that in two ways. First, in order not to lose heart, Paul said there's a need for renewal that comes at the time of salvation. Without being a Christian, you won't have the resources. But all of these men had been renewed when they became Christians. So the initial renewal is described in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, where Paul said, He, that is God, saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. When we're saved, even as was true with Paul and his companions, God gives us a new heart, a new mind, new goals for our life. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, and that's what's true of any Christian, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Renewal of the inner man through salvation is the necessary foundation for all other spiritual work in us. Unless we come to faith in Christ, repenting of our sins, and believing on Christ as Savior and Lord, we can never hope to prevent or overcome spiritual burnout. We put on the new self, 
according to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, that is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. The first step toward overcoming burnout is salvation. However, this initial renewal, though absolutely necessary, is not enough. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 8, we have the record of an unusual event in the life of the prophet Elijah. We read, so he arose, ate and drank, and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, God does not usually allow our bodies to be sustained for so long by one meal. Generally, we get no further than a few hours on one meal. Exodus chapter 16 shows God's usual way of sustaining us. It describes how God provided the Israelites with manna every day and from day to day in order for each of them to depend on him, but they need to depend upon him every day, not just once, but every day for every need. In the same way that we require a consistent supply of spiritual food, just as they required a continual supply of physical food, so we need a consistent supply of spiritual food in order to sustain our spiritual strength. We need consistent spiritual food to sustain our inner man, just as we need physical food to sustain the outer man. In other words, the renewal of salvation is just the beginning of a lifetime of living on the word of God. Men shall not live by bread alone, said Jesus, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. As believers, we need the sustenance of constant spiritual food as well as consistent physical food. Failing to eat continuously of spiritual food leads to burnout. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul stated the principle of initial renewal through salvation that is followed by continuing renewal. Therefore, he said, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, you experience that initial renewal. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted, and now you must be built up in him and established in your faith. That's Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. 
we have been firmly rooted, he says, that's past tense, at salvation. But then we must continually walk, that's present tense, in him and be built up, future tense, in him. 